There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Educating Josh, where I, Luke Cutforth, edu- uh, sorry. <laughs> where I, Luke- <laughs> We are recording this episode live at VidCon and we have a very enthusiastic audience here to console me when I mess up. Where I, Luke Cutforth, aim to educate my friend Josh Winslade on the weird happenings of the confusing new world that we live in. And each week, I will bring in a very special guest to help me do just that. And this week, my guest is YouTube extraordinaire, Elle Mills. Hello. Yay. Wow, I love that. Elle, welcome to the podcast again. You have recorded with us once before. Yes, I have. Are you ready to educate Josh again? I I am so ready to educate Josh. (laughs) I'm so excited, Josh. (laughs) Josh, are you scared? Absolutely terrified. All right, well, I think we'll just get on with it. Elle, could you please read us the first story of the week? Yes, I can. Pulled social networks responsible for child self-harm, says British Charity. Things to know. Uh, Facebook could face fines of more than $2 billion for gross breaches of laws being proposed by campaigners aimed at stopping harm to children online. Um, Two. (laughs) Being backed by Ruth Ruth Moss, whose daughter Sophie killed herself in 2014, age 13, having viewed images of suicide and self-harm on social networks, including Facebook and Instagram. Similarly, suicide victim Molly Russell's father started this year with a press campaign quote, Instagram helped kill my daughter, kill my daughter. The Royal Society for Public Health released a study in 2017 stating that social media may be fueling a mental health crisis in young people. So the question is, Josh, should social media companies be held responsible for their platforms damaging the mental health of their users? Firstly, audience, what do you think? Should social media platforms be held responsible for damaging the mental health of their users? Yes or no? Hands up. Yes for hands up. Okay, so that's about a no hands up? Who has no idea? <laughs> I like how, so for the audience at home, Josh has put his hand up. He has no idea. All right, well, Josh, on that question, 20 seconds, Josh, go. Um, I, I don't think the platform itself should be held responsible unless they're breaking the law in some way. So like flipping it on its head with YouTube and Article 13 and everything like that, uh, content rights and copyright strikes and stuff, that's breaking the law. So there I think YouTube should be held responsible. I completely agree with Article 13. I think, you know, I, I think it's a good thing and it's gone on for ages without being monitored. But in the case of this, it's 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 different. Um, this is someone that's 
so self-harm and people that post pictures. I don't think Instagram can be held responsible for people that do that. So I suppose what I'm asking here, or what Elle is asking, sorry to put words in your mouth, yes. Elle, is um, around the idea of the, the, the should they be held responsible. You're saying only if they're breaking the law. I'm sort yeah. of asking, should there be a law? Like, do you think it's morally corrupt that a, a social media company would do would have practices in place, whether deliberately or non-deliberately, that could damage the mental health. I think there's of very the few companies that exist in the world that go above and beyond what they're made to do by the law. Um, Isn't that sad. It's it's very 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 sad. So I don't think it's morally corrupt. Mm. I think it's very accepted for them to do the bare bare minimum. If I owned a social media site, I don't think I'd let images of self harm go up. I don't. Is 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 there a positive thing with sharing those images for people that self-harm like is there a what does it do for them i wouldn't know i've, I've, I've never self-harmed so it's like why are that is it to you know is it for support is it raising awareness i think there's better ways of doing that surely i think it's like a it's a self-expression thing it's like if you are if if, if the idea of seeing pain is a truth to you, and you, and that's it's like an art form. It doesn't have to be positive. It doesn't have to be. I wouldn't call it art. It's expressive. Uh, okay, but but for me, it's more like someone's trying to go. This is what I'm going through. Someone, please help me, because it's such a an impactful image. If 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 you're in a place where you feel the need to share that, then you're obviously going through something and are absolutely crying out for help and want someone to go. Hey, I've seen this, and and so that's your last. For me, for someone to do that, it's like that's their last effort of going. Hey, I'm doing this. Someone, please stop me, or please help me, or just come to my aid a little bit. Because normally it's a hidden thing, right? It's like uh, people don't want to express it and 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 try and hide it. I think I don't know. Like violent images, nude images, pornographic images are all filtered. So why isn't something like that? That's quite an extreme. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. I think I think they should be held responsible in the sense that they should be more stricter with filtering that. It's a graphic image. Yeah, like, that's a that's a big thing. And uh, what's the age restriction on Instagram? Is there one? Thirteen, I believe. Um, you get some nods. That's good. Okay. Um, I think the thing, the th uh, one thing I should mention is that Instagram has announced that it will try and crack down on self harm imagery on the platform. Okay. Um, so that's sort of like a, a a step, but it's been it's taken a long time. Like this has been an issue that's been raised. Like the first, the suicide that we were talking about in the introduction from um, uh, Sophie uh, was in 2014, and after that they found a bunch of images on her on her um, Instagram account of like self harm and suicidal messaging and things like that. Right. So why wasn't she helped? Do, do you know what I mean? Like if I saw a friend doing that with suicidal messages and self harm images, I'd be round the house every single day trying to help them. I'd be if they've got to that point. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't, her, like, like I said, her posting those images was then obviously her final kind of cry going, fuck's sake. It may not be she was posting them, though. It's very common that you're just absorbing this stuff. You're looking at it. You don't have to be posting it yourself. And if you're looking at it and going and sort of absorbing this stuff and going, oh, that's what beauty is. Beauty is pain, for example. And then you get this image in your head of like that being a good thing to do to yourself. And to a certain extent, that's been promoted by the platform you're on okay. and, and monetized by the platform you're but, on. In but not situations. being that person, being the person that isn't that person looking at that content. You are very capable of going, oh, this person needs help. 
but you don't know they're looking at it necessarily. L, how do you feel about this stuff in terms of on more, more specifically on the point of like if a business is profiting off of it, well, it's all business like businesses are profiting, otherwise they're failing businesses, and part of their model destroys it's like destroying the environment it's like yeah. petrol companies destroy the environment social media companies might destroy mental health uh-huh. not deliberately but they might yeah i know it's it's obviously a tough topic but i what my thing is like i do think they should be held responsible in the sense that they need to be aware that this is obviously affecting a lot of people and like it does have negative effects but i just what i'm reading in the first part is what's the two billion what's the money gonna do like the fines. Like, I mean, fines, I would say, are generally, that's the only way that businesses think. Okay. And so gotcha. if you go, oh, we did this practice and we lost $2 billion, I guess we won't do that practice anymore or we'll, or we'll go bankrupt. Okay, in that sense, then yeah, maybe, actually. <laughs> that's smart. <laughs> you, can't, you can't put a company in jail. And so the only thing they, they think okay, about so is money. Okay, so this is jail time, basically. Right. But where, where do you think the responsibility lies in terms of what social media is in itself. So, for example, whose responsibility is it to either be on or not be on social media, if that makes sense? So, for example, Instagram is what Instagram is, Twitter is what it is. If you don't like it, you remove yourself. Like, you, you come off social media. If it's not healthy for you and you don't want to, you're the person that can control that and you take yourself out of the equation. I think you've done that recently. Yes, I have, bit. yeah. That, to me, makes sense. That is someone that's going, I recognize that this isn't somewhere I want to be. I think what a lot of people are now trying to do is, is go to Twitter and say, hey, look, these people can't exist without your platform, feel like they have to be on it, and are then making Twitter and Instagram and Facebook conform to what makes it healthy for the person, yeah, as opposed to... I do agree with that. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. But they do... So my thing is, there are young people on the platform. Yeah. And they allow 13-year-olds, in, uh, like 13 to 17, so minors... Um, on the platform who are easily, very easily influenced. Mm-hmm. So maybe they sh- I don't know. I don't want to change the age to 18. Well, there was, a, platform, there was a BBC documentary recently I was watching. Um, for some reason, my head said, whilst I was doing the washing up. I don't know why that's relevant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that wasn't paying that much attention to it. But it, they were interviewing school kids, and they were saying, like, do you think it's possible to function as a teenager in your school society without social media? And without exception, they all said, no, it is not possible. And now that's not, I know that's not literally true, but in terms of... I think it is. It is, it's, well, yeah, not, it is yeah, true. I think it is becoming literally true, though. Yes. Like, the, the, so when I was growing up, the, the kind of social pressures at school that I had weren't Instagram, they weren't Twitter, they weren't what messaging platform I, am I using. It wasn't how many WhatsApp groups am I a part of, am I, you know, which are things that I think people today think about and worry about. It, it was more, um, oh, I don't smoke, I'm not cool, or, or it was... It was kind of more physical things yeah um but today i think absolutely it's it's Mm. almost a literal thing that you can't survive without it or or at least survive and be socially acceptable so one of the things that i um find very uncomfortable about modern social media is that this maybe will get a bit too complex but it's not it's, it's, it's something i think people should understand and i'm quite passionate about talking about it social media companies the the biggest ones they these days don't necessarily write their own code. So when they, if, if they have the effect of, say, for example, um, that suicidal imaging or messaging or self-harm stuff is promoted on the platform, no one's necessarily 
made that decision. What happens within social media companies these days is you create a thing called like a machine learning, al machine learning algorithm, and you basically give it a task. For example, increase session time, which is the amount of time someone spends on the app. Yeah. And that machine will go off and it will try and achieve that by whatever means possible. And so, for example, if you give a, a computer the task increase session time and the computer works out through no fault of its own because it's just a computer. Oh, if I give all my if I create if I make all my users severely depressed, they spend more time on Instagram. Right. No one's made that decision. But the effect is Instagram's increased depression rates. Instagram makes more money. Now, I'm not sound, saying that. Sound, sound clip that bit out. Instagram. No, no, I'm not, I, I, again, <laughs> I send that to the I don't place. want it sued by Instagram. <laughs> so I'm not saying that's necessarily true. But that's what's going on is that you, you, you have a machine that, like, there's a great um, video on, online by Tom Scott where he talks about um, where if you give a computer a simple task, for example, increase human happiness, right, on average, the computer, you think that's a great thing, right? But the computer might then go, okay, well, what I'll do is I'll give all, of, all the people drugs so they're happy, and you've increased average human happiness. Or you kill all the sad people, and you've increased average human happiness, right? And so you have these, if you're employing these computers to sort of do your coding work for you, Mark Zuckerberg goes, increase ad revenue, and it has an unintended effect, is that your responsibility? Right now, legally, it's not, but I think it should be. Well, I, I, but to be honest, it's the responsibility of the watcher so the computer can only act on the information it's given, right? It can, yes. yes. On the, so yes. us as a populace, it's what we're watching that drives the data that, that, that makes those decisions. So we decide to watch something. So we're, we're deciding what to tell the computer to push to other people. Yes, but it, it's deciding that based on finding out vulnerabilities in our psychology. It works out without deliberately knowing how it's doing it. Oh, uh, it serves like random things to people, and it goes, okay, picture of a cat, that, in that increased session time by one minute. Picture of someone, like a, a little message saying, life is pointless, you should kill yourself. Mm. Increased session time, 10 minutes. How, I'll do how, that instead. How many, how many people actually use the explore tab on Instagram? Because I've, I've never used it. Uh, Some sometimes. tentative hands. <laughs> a, a few. So that's what I mean. I think, especially on Instagram, I don't think that's applicable because I see the people's feeds that I want to see, the odd advert in my feed, and that's it kind of thing. Like I've, I've never used the Explore tab. I get, like, Terry Crews naked dancing and stuff, like when it, and I'm like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> Everyone nodded in the audience uh, as if that's a thing I should have seen. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally what was there when I went on to Explore. I'm like, okay, that... <laughs> That's what I saw, and I was like, I don't need to go on there. I totally, that threw me off, and now I forgot what I was going to say. Are you just thinking <laughs> yeah, about Terry Crews? <laughs> but it might be, for example, like, we, you say, like, you only follow the people you want to follow, for example, but you might follow all of your friends who use the Facetune filter and make their skin really smooth, and then you look at your pictures not having used the Facetune filter, and you go, oh, look, I look like crap. Well, that's, that's fine. And the, the algorithm of Instagram has trained you to use Facetune. I don't know. I think you're, you're, you're treating people as stupid there. You're saying that that 14-year-old is looking at that picture and doesn't know that there's a face filter there. They know more than you do. They've grown oh. up with that. The 14-year-old so consciously they'll... does, but I, don't, I think there are elements of everyone that see things and compare themselves to things without realizing what they're doing. My, yes. My question with that, though, is what do you want Instagram to do about it? Like... Because if if we are st if we start no holding no beauty filters whatsoever yeah like if we start <laughs> holding them like Instagram or social media networks whatever for res held responsible for all these like things like 
face tuning or self harm and et cetera, et cetera, then it's going to get to a point where we're not going to be able to post anything. Yeah, and what happens if you flip it on its head, right? So before face filters and being able to, you know, just edit yourself on an app, the only people that could do that were celebrities who paid for photo shoots and were edited. So you're constantly seeing these celebrities with these beautiful photos that are edited. Now, actually, realistically, more people are realizing, oh, that's edited. So it's the democratization of vanity. Exactly. <laughs> Great. It's now accessible to everyone. I suppose <laughs> what, I, what I'd like Instagram or these other companies to do, Al, is that right now we live in an age where we're just setting computers rampant and they just do stuff without us understanding what they're doing. And then we go, not my fault, the computer did it. Right? I think that's a very well, bad you, way you to set up. that computer. No, 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 that's the point. That's exactly the point is you don't program the computer. But you decided to not program the computer. Yes. So, so that, from that point of view, it is legally the responsibility of the company if the computer does something bad. Mm -hmm. Right now, that's not the law. The law right now is if, if your computer does something you didn't mean to, you can kind of get away with it. I think, I think going back to the question, um, there is a, I would put self-harm images in a similar category to pornographic and other similar images like that. But it's also difference in a sense that that person's not okay. They're not well. So it's not just a straight... I don't think it's even enough for Instagram to just go ban it. In fact, don't ban it. Allow it to be a place where it can happen, but immediately let someone know. Or, or do you know what I mean? In, instead of just, because otherwise then you're just hiding it. That person is obviously going through something. That is, so just banning it, I wouldn't put it in the same category at all, actually, as a pornographic image. One's not okay for a child. The other one is a child going through something and a person that needs help, so help them. Don't hide them mm -hmm. and don't condemn them either, I think. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. To L it does. <laughs> to L it does. Great. He's wow. saying, like, if so, so, so if someone would post a, post a self-harm photo and then Instagram would just, like, the computer goes, okay, delete that. Yeah. And no one sees it. Yeah. But that person is asking for help is basically what Josh is saying. Instead of deleting it, it could remove it from other people's feeds and then automatically send that person a message that has the information for the top three free, uh, you know, yeah. uh, talk advice centers or help advice centers for self-harm or something, or you know, make that person feel valid and that there's support there and help. Um, all right, Josh. Well, in summary, should social media companies be responsible for their platforms damaging the mental health of users? No. No, I think it lies on the individual, but I do think they should do more to help. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, well, you can let us know what you think over on Twitter and our polls at Educating Josh. It is time for the second story of the week. That's my story. Does that sound weird now? Because I'm doing it in real life. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, okay, so my story comes from Vice. This is going to be a dividing one. This, and my story is YouTube is incentivizing vloggers like Shane Dawson to promote conspiracy theories. Here are the three things you need to know. Researchers are starting to understand how the structure of YouTube as a platform helps to push users to, and to push creators to make, extreme content which elicits a response from viewers. This is because the platform is designed to reward high engagement and watch time, and content which makes people angry, scared, or believe they've discovered something secret. Oh, Shane Dawson's content makes me very angry. <laughs> <laughs> I know what Josh's opinion is going to be on this one. Last year, sorry, hang on, this... Guilaime, Guil I should have looked up how to say this. Last year, Guilaime Chaslot, an ex-Google software engineer, discovered that an average YouTube user with no viewing history would frequently be pushed towards fake news or conspiracy videos by YouTube's own recommendation system. My question for you, Josh, is, should YouTube be controlling the spread of conspiracy theories and misinformation on their platform? 20 seconds, Josh, go. Uh, no, I don't think so at all. In fact, I kind of think it makes sense that with everything that's going on, conspiracy theories are becoming more popular. I think people are kind of waking up and realizing that not everything's the way it should be, uh, or the way that everyone says it is, or the way the government wants to make you think it is, and that there's actually things that happen behind the scenes. Um, I don't see that as a negative thing. It's like, that's what YouTube was for. I, for me, what I remember, it was just a platform to do whatever you want and be open. And I remember conspiracy theories were popular in the beginning as well. It was the only place people could put content that wasn't going to get televised. Um, and so I don't think it's a, a bad thing that they are. I think it's a bad thing that people like Shane Dawson are doing it, but that's, that's <laughs> kind of a personal opinion. How do, you, how do our audience feel about Shane Dawson's conspiracy documentaries? Do you watch them? They're amazing. I love okay. them. <laughs> my, my, my problem with Shane Dawson is um, I, th I, I don't know him as a person. He's probably a really lovely one. He is guy. lovely. And uh, Luke tells me he is very lovely. It, has anyone seen Summer Heights High? Yeah. Right. So it's like a parody. It's like a parody, uh, massive parody program um, where people are parodied. That, makes, that would make sense. <laughs> um, Shane Dawson is a parody. <laughs> Of, an, of a, someone doing investigative documentary, documentaries. He's a parody of his own genre. He, like, he over-dramatizes things, he hypes things up, he makes drama where there is no drama. It, it's, it's really kind of, it's like, no, that's, that's not how it's done. He goes into things and goes, I'm not gonna be biased, and then he's extremely biased. Uh, <laughs> and then he's very biased, but then also, <laughs> so, for example, with the who's the who's the American YouTuber that does that is uh, Logan Logan Paul. So oh wow, like a hiss from the audience. In, in that Ooh. document, right? So you don't like Logan Paul? Shane loved him by the end. Did you, did you notice that? So that that's not a good documentary filmmaker. That was Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Ah, same okay, thing. see, I d they're, they're all the same. Um, <laughs> 
by, by the end of that documentary, to, to be a good documentary maker, you've got to stay impartial. And at the beginning, he hated him. He absolutely hated him, and he was like, his, he was saying, like, oh my God, he was like over-dramatizing everything, and I was like, oh my God, what am I watching? And then by the end, he was like, oh my God, he's lovely, I'm so sorry, and oh, his poor mum, and I did all that to his mum, and all this kind of stuff, and I was like, that's not how you make a documentary. That is not an unbiased way of making a documentary. So I think, yeah, we, we're sensationalizing the wrong people when it, when it, when it comes to it. Like, the, the people, and this is something I, I really honestly believe that you guys should be basing your opinions on and informing yourself on, is are people that give you information and don't give you an opinion, where they actually give you truth and fact and allow you then, based on what affects you and what matters to you, to make your own opinion and not present it in a biased way. Do you not agree with that? I do agree with that. I don't think that's what Shane Dawson's doing. No, it's not. It's not. And that's okay. That's not his fault. He just doesn't know what he's doing. Al, how do you feel about this? Oh my god. We're not about Shane Dawson or No, no, no. <laughs> I don't want you to go and I don't want I, okay. do you know Shane? I don't want you to badmouth Shane. I love Shane. Shane's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's more this is more to do with the platform, um, it's, a, it's a very platform-based episode, this really, about responsibility of companies. And one of the things that was found um, by this Google engineer who helped to code the YouTube algorithm is he found that if you went to YouTube and just clicked the first video and kept clicking the up next recommended video, eventually you'd end up at like some kind of far-right conspiracy video. And he told Google this, I'm going off memory here, but he told Google this and Google just apparently weren't really... Um, that responding, right? They, did, they sort of didn't see an issue with it. Now, YouTube have said that they are going to try and stop promoting um, conspiracy theories, right? But I went onto this website that shows you the most uh, recommended YouTube videos of the day. This was Valentine's Day on supposedly the non-conspiracy uh, promoting YouTube. Uh, they were, they were hiding it, discoveries that could rewrite history, anonymous. Deep State Predictions 2019, Ancient portal to another dimension, are they hiding it? Debunking a century of war lies, and the beginning of the end starts in Venezuela, World War III is inevitable. This is the stuff where if even, you just click the, on the homepage. Just to highlight though, even the way you read those titles out is influencing the way people are taking those titles. <laughs> that was unbiased. If you'd have said it in sorry, a common it was biased. Yeah, it was biased. Okay, yeah, I'll try and say it. That wasn't unbiased. The beginning of the end starts in Venezuela. World War Three is inevitable. It's less dramatic. Yes, like, but it's still ridiculous, it Josh. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> L. Go ahead. I'm. I'm. I actually think YouTube should be controlling it. I just think there's so many people who are easily influenced, um, online. What people about? on the internet are so like, and like cancel culture is just so. If it, there, it's a conspiracy. What's theory. cancel culture? Oh, like your cancel. <laughs> like Josh, you say something about I don't know whatever you would say on educating Josh that people have a problem with, and then you're automatically cancelled. You can never do anything ever again. Your family are bombarded with hate for having raised such a dreadful human being, etc. That's cancel culture. I it don't can be as simple. It can be, it can be as simple as getting a tattoo. <laughs> of, a of a tattoo and everyone one person being like oh I hate this person and then everyone just going oh I also hate this person okay, that's not okay like that okay. and I think conspiracy theories is like the same thing one person says something and ev everyone jumps on it and then it could be really damaging depending on who it who or what it's about so when Shane Dawson calls you a psychopath yes that can be damaging if it's not done right and in an unbiased way exactly. yeah and I suppose that's sort of the it's it's 
kind of similar to the first story in that the platform is set up to a certain extent to reward sensationalization. So whatever gets you to sort of angrily comment or share it and go, I hate this video, that's what gets pushed forward. And that's good for YouTube, but it's not necessarily good for humanity. Yeah, now, we're the ones it making YouTube? that yeah, decision. Yeah. It's, it's the viewer that dictates what's popular. It's like people going, it's like, oh, I watch this all the time, but I don't want to see any more of it. It's like, no, that's what's popular right now. I think it, to be, I've got my own conspiracy now, I, I think. Oh, God. Whew, well, at least we'll blow up on YouTube. The, the reason... <laughs> The reason conspiracy theories are so popular is they're trying to inundate us with... The government is paying YouTube to inundate us with conspiracy theories so that the real ones aren't found out. Right. What about that? Okay, that's I very... actually have heard that theory. <laughs> is that bad? I want you to make a, docu a two-hour documentary series on just that statement. I think <laughs> I'd be really out. biased. This like... is the thing as well. Is One thing I think about with this is that... Okay, if, imagine we give YouTube sort of go-ahead as a, as a group as all of us, we go, it's a good thing that YouTube controls conspiracy theories, right? But some conspiracies will be true. Conspiracies ex exist. Like my conspiracies. Like Josh's conspiracy. They like think bad people do bad things, and some of those bad people will be in government or police or whatever. And so to a certain extent, we might be giving tacit consent for YouTube to control our access to information. And so like YouTube, as you said, I mean, Josh, at the beginning... That. You just don't use the trending tab or, you know, you look at your subscribers and the people you subscribe to and you just use the search bar as opposed to just, you know, continuously consuming what's in your trending or what's in your recommended. Yeah. You can just kind of cancel it all out, really. Use it as a database. You can. Well, it is, really. <laughs> it's just got... It's, it, to be fair, all YouTube are doing, right, is some guy or at some point had an idea and I'm going to host videos... They've started hosting videos, and then it's become so popular so quickly. Like, uh, what, uh, the stats on how many hours of YouTube is watched a week is, is insane. It dwarfs television. So it's spent so long being unregulated that it doesn't have the same kind of procedures as television. Like I, I work in film and TV. It's so strict. Like, showing self-harm in a film is an instant 18 but Instagram isn't regulated like that. YouTube is barely regulated in that way. It's like, it's crazy that these platforms are just able to do it. Whereas film TV, it kind of grew and it's been regulated. There's authoritative bodies and it all kind of makes sense. But then YouTube gets like, Article 13 comes into play and they go, holy crap, this is gonna be really hard. The problem YouTube has is it's almost impossible for them to regulate the content on their platform because of how much gets uploaded. Rather than be honest about it and talk about it, they like sent out emails to creators. They were like, they asked creators that uh, like, and featured them on the YouTube. These people are against Article 13 and automatically swayed you by having your favorite creators against Article 13, where really all Article 13 is saying, if Dodie covers a song that she doesn't own the rights to, Normally, in a normal world, you would go and contact the person that owns the rights to that song and say to them, hey, can I use your song? It's a great song. And so much of the time, you can cover it. They'll go, yeah, we give you permission. You don't have to do that on YouTube. You can cover it and, and nothing happens. You can't monetize it. That oh, you can. Well, you can. <laughs> that responsibility with Article 13 is going to shift to YouTube. YouTube have to make sure that there's no copyrighted material on their platform. The reason that's good is because YouTube has enough money to pay for those fines, whereas Dodie doesn't, or someone with 300 subs doesn't have that money. And that's why the kind of 
people are upset because it's like, well, we can't chase these people, but they are breaking the law. And like, I, I find it really funny when people are upset with Article 13, yet how many friends that are photographers get really annoyed when someone posts a photo they've taken and they're not credited? I see people blow up on Twitter about that. They're like, oh, thanks, another photo that I've taken, I'm not credited, credited. that's my livelihood. And it's a big thing, and you defend that person. That's all Article 13 is about, and I, I think, so that's what I mean, is that all these platforms have blown up so quickly. Like, uh, you, uh, Elle, you got very big very quickly. Your mm -hmm. content is amazing. Oh, thank and that, you. So, it, you know, it's, <laughs> and, but... I don't know a single person in YouTube who doesn't hate Elle because she's so good at what she does. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is absolutely ridiculous. And uh, Elle's um, soundtracking on, on, on her videos is amazing, but she doesn't monetize them. She's not taking money from the person that's created that video. It's adding to her story. She's used it in a way that's great. And that would still be okay with articles. She just can't monetize it, and that's great. Mm -hmm. And you didn't care. You didn't care that you weren't getting the money. You didn't claim to. Yeah. And, and so it's like... People just need to kind of realize that it's a dangerous platform and it does need to be regulated. So kind of accept things like Article 13, change them a little bit. There's some stuff that's iffy with it, but... I suppose the thing I find interesting about this is that, like, I haven't really... Like, I, I watched a bit of the Shane Dawson conspiracy stuff to research for this, but in general, I've avoided it because I feel it's probably not the best thing for me and it's a sensationalist, right? Um, and some people love that, and uh, some of this audience have, have uh, I met some people outside before we recorded who were like, oh yeah, I love Shane, I was like, oh okay, <laughs> I'm gonna be the minority in this argument. Um, <laughs> but I suppose this is the thing, is that it's not YouTube's fault that you guys like Shane Dawson's conspiracy theories, because they're exciting and, and a bit scandalous, right? And it's, and similarly, it's not YouTube's fault that I don't like it, and so maybe I'm coming around to the idea that actually you have to change people and what they enjoy yes. rather than expecting a YouTube like a, a website that is basically a big Dropbox it's, for videos. It's not their responsibility to kind of go wait no this is too sensationalist we're going to take this off do you know what I mean I think it's but I do think it's <laughs> where the responsibility lies for me is that there's a lot of things we're taught in school at the moment that are completely irrelevant I think that you know classes in social media in YouTube and stuff like that would be amazing to the average to to, to everybody in in the kind of world that we're living in now, and I think that that's where the responsibility lies to me personally. If the whole idea is that you need to be educated enough so that when you're watching a Shane Dawson video, you realise this is sensationalised. He is not a trained journalist. That responsibility isn't YouTube's responsibility. It that comes before that. Like it should be a part of an educational program, I believe, and that's where I think it lies. If 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 the if the whole idea of school uh, is to leave school with the knowledge and ability to make the right decisions for you, then that is failing massively at the moment. Not YouTube. Don't blame YouTube. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm like, trust me, like I I don't really like blaming like social media platforms or anything. I do think there may could be a bit of like regulation or something. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. 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 But I don't I I never like would like like fully blame YouTube for conspiracy theories being popular or anything like that. Um but yeah, sure I agree with you. <laughs> what if though like for example, we have a conspiracy theory, uh, any conspiracy theory, right, which leads to um 
the country being overthrown by its people. Oh, sh right? Just as an example, because that's that's how big YouTube is. It's got billions of users every day, right? And so, maybe not billions, but it's got billions of users, not necessarily every day. But like, imagine if you have a, a series of ideas that cause the destabilization of a country or the world, which is essentially what's happened within the Brexit debate. Whether you agree with Brexit or not Brexit, social media companies have profited off the fragmentation of our society um, because they've been running political ads, which they earn money from, for example. If you're going to go to war with your country because you have seen a YouTube video... I am. Then there's a bigger problem here. And like I said, I think it goes back to school. Yeah, I thought you'd say that. <laughs> like, no, I do, I do think a conspiracy video, like, I, you might be underestimating its power. I do think, like, just like internet culture, like, it could, like, I think it could get, get to that point, like, maybe a little less. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it gets to a really bad point. Not a single I, video, but, no, yeah, the I, idea. I completely agree with you, but I think that... Do you, wait, can we just, like, talk about... Like, remember, like, um, the interview, the movie? The interview with... Um, yeah, like Seth how Rogen. Seth Rogen. Didn't that almost start a war? Yes. yes. Yeah, like, that was a, mo a comedy movie. Yeah. So, like, a conspiracy video, 100%, I feel, like could do that. I think I think Josh's point though is that the the sorry for speaking for you, but I think I sort okay, of agree with it all the time. It's <laughs> <laughs> I think the issue is that the the conditions already existed through which you believed the conspiracy theory and were ready and you were set up to oh. be angry at your government or be angry. And so it's not, the video was like the spark, but something else could have sparked it, and you were already in a state because you weren't maybe educated on the way that the internet works or the way machine learning works or whatever, you, you were already in that state, and okay. it would have happened anyway, and you can kind of blame Shane Dawson if you like, but it's not really Shane Dawson's fault. No, it's not. He's, it's not his fault at all. But I think... Um, Do you think, though, for example, Shane Dawson has a responsibility that he actually checks this stuff? Well, because, like, he, there's a he, code he, of conduct in it, like actual journalists have. Yes. And he's not. Are you calling Shane Dawson not an actual journalist? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, multiple <laughs> times. Um, so, uh, journal journalism exists where to do the work that kind of the police can't. Police enforce the law, journalism expose corruption. That's what journalism is for me. Uh, my mum's a journalist. Um, it's what she does. She's a writer. She left journalism because it, it changed. So, um, it became clickbaity. Like, uh, like even the Wall Street Journal and PewDiePie. And it's, when I saw that, I was like, that was, a, that was a newspaper that I respected and that I thought I can read that. The Guardian hiding behind. Uh, it just, it, it does surprise me sometimes. Um, and I get it, like, the world's changing. The Guardian is a great platform for stories but it, it's not going to be a platform if it doesn't exist because things like Lad Bible and other stuff is becoming more popular. So it has to keep up to have a voice. But by trying to keep up, they're losing their voice and they're becoming less, yeah. they're less moral, in my opinion. I had a thing with The Guardian where I subscribed to, to support The Guardian, gave them some money, and then literally the next month they wrote this article going, Zoella is destroying child literacy. And I was like, you have a choice here. Either you're clickbait media or you ask me to subscribe to support free journalism. You can't do both. Whether, whether she wrote that book or not, <laughs> aside, I've heard some things, um, she's still got a lot of people reading. Like, I, I, why are you going to condemn that? As, as you're, you're the guardian. You're pro-literature. I, I don't get it. You're going, 
Oh, because they don't, anyway, it's, it's, it's interesting. But I, going back to your comment, El, the only thing I would say is, I, I could definitely be underestimating it, but you could also be overestimating it. Because there's a bubble that exists on the internet, but there's, how many people in the world? Like seven billion, eight billion? Nearly eight billion, yeah. Nearly eight billion people in the world. Internet and this thing that a lot of you in this room and, and you and then I see every day hanging like, hang around with some of the people that we know, they think like the internet is, is, is like everything and what it's a tiny community of, of people that watch like Shane Dawson and stuff like the power that they actually have in comparison to the real world is very small, in my opinion. Joe, Joe Suggs quite big, right, on the internet? He's, Joe Suggs quite yes. big. Yes. Yeah. He went on to Strictly and everyone went, who the hell is that? And that's the world, the world kind of reacted That's like true that. that individual creators may have small platforms, but for example, I think it's not, up, it's not necessarily debatable that the reason why we have the Brexit vote won, not that there was people voting for Brexit, but the reason why it got over the 50% mark was because of a, a well-targeted social media campaign. And so while Joe Sugg might not be known to the world, Facebook is, most people in this country will be on Facebook, 2 billion people in the world are on Facebook, out of, yes, 8 billion, but a lot of those people are not in our country. Yeah, so, you know, Facebook ads were targeted at the right people to sway their vote. What Facebook's business model is, we make money by selling adverts. That, that's, that's, that's how they make money. It's not how they started, it's how they make money now. You, you can't then go, well, you took money and had an advert and you targeted different people. Like, that's what Facebook is. You have to, anyone that makes their decision of who they're voting for based off what they've seen. I was, you know, I'm quite left-wing on Facebook, believe it or not. And so, naturally, the people around me and the people I choose to be friends with on Facebook are very left-wing. And so I'm convinced because my whole feed is going left, 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 left. I'm like, oh, yeah, we've got this. It's a landslide. And then it doesn't happen because that's my bubble. That's, that's my personal bubble. And your bubbles are all going to be, you know, you're going to get along with people that think similarly to you. And, you know, it's, you can't use Facebook as, as that. I just All don't right. think it works. Well, in conclusion, Josh, should YouTube or social media companies be controlling the spread of conspiracy theories or misinformation on their platform? No, conspiracy theories are great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you can let us know what you think over on Twitter and our polls at Educating Josh. It is time for the quick fire round. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, that is the quick fire music. Nice. All right. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> All right. Well, these, these quick fires are for both Josh and L. Quick fire one Prince Philip will not be prosecuted for the Sandringham car crash after it was decided it was not in the public interest. Is this totally fair ruling or just another conspiracy? No, he should completely be. He shouldn't have been driving in the first place. Elle, do you know who Prince Philip is? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question two. A British woman who ran away to Syria as a 15-year-old to join Islamic State has begged to be allowed to return to live a quiet life with her soon-to-be-born baby. Do you think she should be allowed back in unpunished? Uh, <laughs> oh my god. We're on ISIS now, guys. That's so heavy. Sorry. Um, yes, because if you if you don't allow people to make a wrong decision and then be accepted when they realize they've made a bad choice, then you're not going to allow growth and open-mindedness. Agreed. Okay. okay. Cool. Quick okay. fire three. Right. Donald Trump has declared a national emergency in order to pay for his border wall, and Twitter has erupted after the announcement was made by Press Secretary Sarah Sanders using a screenshot of her announcement on her iPhone Notes app. <laughs> by the way, I do want to add to this. You know when you wait, wait, wait. So people are upset about 
how she announced it, yeah. not the fact that there's going to be a wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just want to... That's uh, ridiculous. You know when you go and crop a picture on your iPhone yeah. and you accidentally like draw a little line with the markup tool? This announcement of a national emergency had a little black splodge on it oh, where she'd accidentally... No. Anyway, do you think this is a sign we are in the social media age of politics or that the most powerful country in the world is currently run by people who have no idea what they're doing? Both. Both. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Both. Cool. And the good news story of the week. This Valentine's Day, wildlife parks and zoos from around the world took to Twitter an attempt to one-up each other by coming up with the best romantic puns. I'd like to share some of these with you. L. May our love never tape you off. Uh. Josh, <laughs> tell that special someone you've been chicken chicken them out all year. <laughs> no. Rhino, someone who really likes you. <laughs> Without you, I have no poipus. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Single, I'll take you out. And finally, it's Valentine's owl. Day. He said owl. Sorry, I'll take I you out. I got it eventually. It's Valentine's Day. Will you Galapago on a date with me? What? Sorry. Galapago. What? Galapago, like... What's a Galapago? I don't actually know. <laughs> well, Josh, I don't know about you, but I think if someone used those zoo pickup lines on me, I'd say they're a keeper. Is that yours? Yeah, oh, that's mine. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> I like that one. Thank you. Yeah, I like that. That was good. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Educating Josh. Thank you to Josh. Thank you to our audience at VidCon. And thank you so much to Elle for being on the podcast thank with you. us. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Educating Josh. We'll be polls and content from each of today's topics. And we'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you so much for coming to listen to this episode. And thank you for listening at home. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Josh. Bye. Oh, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.